502 Fresh. Yo, I'm 502 Fresh. Oh. New Bird West End. It's 502 Fresh. Yeah. It's the Fresh Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. GQ. Back to give y'all some more of this freshness. I'm still out here in Thailand getting it, having fun, and doing a bunch of shit that some of y'all might know and some of y'all don't fucking know. But I got a guest and shit on here. We got an OG. He's another American. We got the big homie Jafar. What's up, cuz? Yo, what's up? What's good, bro? <laughs> oh, man. Just chilling. Just living. Just living, man. I know you had to get your nap. How you feeling now? <laughs> I'm good now, bro. <laughs> That's good. I'm glad. I'm glad. You know, I got, I got, I, yeah, I got the surgery coming up. So after Sunday, I think it's going to be a lot less nap. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I feel you shit, man. I had my fair share of medical issues over the last like four or five years. So just being like drained and tired and fatigued, I I know all about that shit, man. So good luck with the surgery. Yeah, man. You know what I'm saying? You're going to come back Thank bigger you. and better than ever. I hope so, man. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, man. So tell the people, man, where you from? Um, I am originally, I was born in Harrisburg, PA, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Um, I grew up between uh, upstate New York and uh, Atlanta, Georgia. So most of my growing up years, I remember being in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, Decatur, actually. So uh, like Decatur, where it's greater. Where it's greater, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that red clay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, most of my most of my growing up years was there, and then uh, and then I I went to, to I went to college in Florida, actually. So um, I spent quite a bit of time down in Tampa. Met a lot of the, the you know work with a lot of the Florida cats and all that stuff. So I'm, I'm, I'm actually very well acquainted all up and down the East coast. Basically. I would say I'm from the East coast. <laughs> That's what's up. Where, where in upstate New York did you live at? Well, technically I guess it wouldn't be upstate, but it was headed towards upstate. So it would be like more like uh, Northern, the Northern part uh, of, of, of central New York. So I was like in Albany. Okay. So just before you get to upstate. Yeah. That, that area. Yeah. All right. My stepdad was from upstate New York. It's a little small ass town called like Medina. It was probably like an hour or so away from, from fucking like Rochester and Buffalo and shit like that. I I've never been there, but I've seen it on the map. Yeah, you, you ain't you ain't missing shit. I have, I haven't been since like fucking ninety nine or two thousand, and yeah, I'm never going back there. So yeah, fuck uh, fuck oh, my word. It's like that. Oh yeah, damn. fuck my stepdad. His old weak dead ass, and fuck that little pussy ass town too. But yeah, hey, real God shit. Damn. Hey, that's real shit. Hey, my stepdad hey, was man, a fuck nigga, real. man. Hey, I'll, I'll keep a G with my shit, yeah. man. So okay, so then yo, but, my real my uh, real dad was my real dad is a fuck nigga. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I don't I don't know who my real father is, but I'm probably sure if he was fucking with my mama, he's a bitch too. That's oh man! Shit. <laughs> God damn! Hey, cause keeping it all the way real on your on your podcast. Hey man, my my listeners know, bro. I don't hold back, bro. I don't be capping. I keep it real with these motherfuckers, man. Hey yo, I, I love it, man. And you know, I was I was checking you out online, and I really was like impressed with a lot of the stuff I saw. I like the 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 content. You know what I'm saying? I like what you do, and I do like how real you keep it. So I did go and check you out after we. Matter of fact. You didn't even tell everybody how we met, man. Oh, just a few I, days ago. As a I know. Of I, I was gonna get into it. So, so I, okay, okay. Yeah, I met Jafar. We met like Monday or some shit like that. 
Just uh, like two. Was two, it Monday? Monday, Tuesday. Yeah, because it's, it's probably Tuesday, dog. Two yeah, days ago. Yeah, okay, Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe so. Yeah, cause yep. cause today's Thursday. Cause cause right now, oh yeah, it's Thursday. Cause tomorrow it'll be uh, Thanksgiving in America and shit. Cause we a day ahead of them. That's right. So that's right. Right. That's right. So I I've, I've been here for like three weeks and shit. And then I walked past the mirror mm-hmm. the other day. I was like, damn, I see my face. I'm like, I'm kind of fucked up. I need to find a barbershop. So me and my homegirl see you. I, I'm not gonna lie, bro. I'm not gonna lie. You uh-huh. was looking a little rough when you came in, but after you left out. <laughs> <laughs> I was, was bro. Clean when you left out, though, you was clean when you left out, though. Yeah, because I see my, I see my face. I was like, oh <laughs> shit! I said I need to get this together because, like, I brought my little trimmers and shit, but I was like, nah, I need somebody to really line me up. So we yeah. walk in and we we seeing like all these little like salons and like you know in America when you see that little spinning little uh the red white and blue wheel you think it's a proper shop, but over here it's like salon right. it's salons and shit. So we it's go, a salon, we go, it's a beauty salon. Yeah. yeah. So we going in these places and shit, and my homegirl trying to translate, and they like, nah, we don't do me and her. And then I guess some took took driver, something overheard us, and he came up and we was talking to he was talking to C and he was like, Yeah, the African place, you know what I'm saying? And I was like, yo, bro, I'm not no fucking African and shit. And she was just like, they call <laughs> they're like they call everybody African. Anybody black or brown here is African. Man, Even oh. some of the Latinos be coming over here and get surprised with that. Like, no, you African. You're like, that's just how they see you. If you if you brown skin or darker, you're African. That's how it works here. Or Indian. Those those yeah. are the two options. Yeah, we go we go we go we're gonna get into that because I got some words for the Africans out here too. So we find yeah. this little, we find this little spot and we go in. I got my mask on, so I'm asking how much is the shape up and shit. So there was an African lady mm-hmm. there. She's she's speaking to this little Thai lady. The Thai lady's eating. She's like fifty mm-hmm. bot. She's like fifty bot. I'm like cool. So then mm-hmm. I take my my mask off. She a hundred bot. I said, oh, how you gonna jump the price? Because like they've been taking advantage of me and shit, and I was getting tired of it. Because like nah, I, I be yeah. I be filming, and like they be charging me extra for like food. And my people's like they would see the video. I'm like, yo, they got you on. And I was like, bro, I'm sick oh, of this yeah, shit. Oh yeah, man, yeah, yeah. It's like yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm no, like, I understand. So I'm, you was you was already at your limit. Yeah, that's why you that's why you took it so hard when she did that. Yeah, because yeah. I think what it was like, like I told you, it, a lot of times it's a translation issue, and also she didn't know you had a full on beard. I think is when she, so when she saw it, she was like, "Oh, that's a little more than I was expecting." So yeah. I'm gonna charge you a hundred. But you know, I was looking at it like, because I know what's gonna happen if you leave. Someone's gonna send you over and never say cuss on Celon, which is fine if you want to get a fade. Like if you want to get faded, you want to get the like. You want to get an edge and faded and all that stuff like that. But if you just want to get a shape up, a hundred bot is a hell of a deal here. Because, you know, over there, they're going to charge you like the equivalent to about $15 US, you know, Shit. 15, 20 bucks US. So yeah. that's why I was telling you, dog, a hundred bot, don't leave. And I and I made sure I spoke up quickly so you could hear I was an American. Because yeah, yeah. to... <laughs> you know, you know, I mean, what, 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 I, what am I trying to do? You know, of course, you know, I'm looking out. So when you heard my accent, she was like, oh, all right, all right, let me, let me, let me. Yeah. So I'm glad, dog. I'm glad I ran into you, man. You never yeah. know who you're going to meet out here. Right, man. right. Really interesting city. So, Very international. So, know? so this like, shit, she's not even middle age. She's probably in her 60s. This little Thai lady, she, she got the motherfucking yep. clippers and she hooked me up. I was nervous. I said, okay, there's the old lady finna give me a little uh, fucking a, a shape up and she's Thai. I don't know if she'd be fucking with black hair, but man, she got me together. She got the little, the little razor and shit. I said, oh shit. She's... Bro, let me tell you, let me tell you something about out here. It only be Thai women that fuck with, that fuck with our hair. You know, because uh-huh. Thai women, they... Look, contrary to whatever the hell these 
uh, listen, I, I want to say this the nicest way possible. Whatever these white boys and these Europeans, these European white boys and these American white boys tell you when you get out here, Thai women, in particular the ones from the Northeast, they like brothers. You know what I'm saying? Oh, they, yes, in, a, in a way, they see they see themselves as sisters. And, and they're not wrong to some degree on some level. You know what I'm saying? So um, uh, with that said, what, what happens is, is they, the reason why it's always Thai women that know how to cut our hair is because nine times out of ten, they got a black baby at home or they got a black baby dad or they got a black husband or something. Like, my wife is Thai. My wife is Thai. She's in the other room right now. So um, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's just a thing. And I've been, I've been with her for, we've been married for nine years, bro. I've been with her for, we actually met in the U.S., and um and then we moved back here like in twenty we moved back here like in twenty eleven, I wanna say twenty twelve maybe, something like that. That's what's up. Hell yeah. You know what I'm saying? Hey, yeah. Hold on, matter of fact, let me drop a bomb for the Thai women. Oh boy, here God. we go. Damn boy. <laughs> Woo Yeah, they yes. they fine. They fine. And then so they fine. on yeah. the last episode, I had some cats from uh Atlanta. That was on, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And we was talking about like the difference between like the American chicks and the Thai chicks. Cause like my 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 two homegirls was there and like we just chilling and we drinking, we doing a podcast, and then one of them just keeps like refilling the drinks. Like she just left and went and got more ice and snacks and shit. I'm like, bro, these American bitches wouldn't do none of that shit. If your drink is no, empty, are you kidding me? <laughs> if, if your drink is empty, it's gonna stay empty fucking with them. You know, un unless you at their unless look, you at their house here, or some man. shit. Uh -huh. You got damn right. And when you say America, and when you say American, we not just talking about sisters now, because I know it's a lot of sisters listening. We not talking about we talking about American women. Yeah. That covers all shades. Even even Asian American women don't have the same type of vibe that the women out here have. If you born and raised in America, you see it differently. But the girls out here, man, and it's not necessarily about you know, because like I think a lot of women take it the wrong way to where we talk about oh they're submissive. They're, no, that's not the case. My wife is not in any way like overly submissive. She just takes joy in taking care of me. Like she she loves to take care of me. Like especially since I've been sick, you know, like these last few months, she's been really like more than usual. But she always takes care of me, and that doesn't mean she always cooks. And clean. Sometimes I cook and clean, and she chills. Like when I came back from the states off of the last tour I had, which was before COVID. That's the last time I went on tour. Um, she was actually pretty sick. She was one of the first people that had COVID over here, oh, so shit. she had it pretty bad. And yeah, and so I was like basically taking care of her with no no vaccines was available yet. This was like at the beginning of 2020, bro. And yeah. um, I was cook I was cooking and cleaning and carrying her around and making sure she was okay. I had to book a hotel for her to stay at so I could make sure there was nothing wrong with the house and I could disinfect it and make it like COVID proof and all that stuff. And so it was it was a pretty wild time. But anyway, the point is is we share the load, we share the responsibility. She works, I work, she grinds, I grind, and that that's when we're here or whether whether or not we're in the states. When I have papers, she's good. When she has paper and I don't, I'm good. Like we. So it's not a thing about, oh, they're better because they're more submissive. It's just a give and go. Like, there's not an expectation for you to be the shit if they're not going to also be the shit. Right. You know, that's what I mean. So like, that that's the mentality here. And I got to admit, I mean, I haven't been with her for nine years. Maybe my opinion is a little bit biased. But I've dated a lot of fly fly chicks from the States, too. You know what I mean? And for whatever reason, it didn't work out. But I, I've been married before. So if I'm saying comparing my current wife to my ex-wife, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> My ex-wife was an American, so yeah. I don't know, you know. <laughs> Hell yeah, because like, I've, I've been meeting women and shit. We go out, we be cooling and shit, and like, when the bill comes, I don't mind paying because the shit's so fucking cheap and shit. So I got, 
Right. Before, before I can pull my shit out, they trying to pay. Oh no, it's okay. So I'm like, damn, that's what's up, man. These American hoes, it's a struggle to have them motherfuckers buy you a piece of candy or something. <laughs> shit. Hey man, they trying to get reimbursed for the Uber they took to me. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because when I go out on dates yeah, in man. America, that bill come out. Them hoes don't flinch. I said, look at this shit. <laughs> You motherfuckers was already expecting to get a free meal. I I might have only had enough money for me, motherfucker. Yeah, man. You know it's 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 few and far between. I mean, there, there, there's some out here that's like that. Now, I mean, I've heard some horror stories. I've seen fast some of my homeboys tell me, and you know, and I got you know, you always got a couple homeboys that's like gullible or whatever. Like they fall for the shit. And, yeah, you know. So there's been a couple cats out, but you know, they was like in a financial position where they wasn't really sweating losing like a thousand or two thousand baht, which. Ladies and gentlemen, listening, a thousand bucks about thirty bucks. Here, thirty dollars, yeah. Here, so two thousand bucks, yeah. So it's about two thousand bucks, about sixty bucks. So they wasn't sweating losing sixty bucks, but at the same time, they definitely felt taken advantage of. So those women out here do exist. There are some vultures out here, but I mean, for for the most part, um, for the most part, I, no. My experience, uh, my the experiences that I've seen my friends have, they've been they've been they've been generally positive. Especially for brothers, man. I mean, because the sisters, man, when they, I'm telling you, when they, when they with you, when they into you, you it, man. That's it. I you know. know. Yeah. yeah. But then I, I find it now too. Shit, a lot of these bitches out here is hoes and shit. Like as far as like they got bodies and shit. Like they, like yeah, like shit, yeah, like they be fucking the same people or yeah. But like one thing I like though and shit, the chicks out here that I met is like cool. Like when I was in Pattaya like a week and a yeah. half ago and they was dead as fuck out there and I'm just I'm just walking around and shit and man all I seen was like old bitches and shit like selling pussy and shit I'm like hey bitch you should have gave this shit up in 2001 what the fuck are you doing on the corner and shit? <laughs> like no, who, who was buying this old you pussy know, you it's niggas man I'm telling you <laughs> I know they <laughs> a lot of these a lot of these a lot of these old German guys oh yeah they love them she bad they like take this 51 year old she bad then and you know Look, I'm not gonna lie to you. Sometimes these chicks be old as hell out here. And you don't they like they still they still fine like they body at least you know, but not they face. But yeah. they be old as hell and they still fine. But it's like one. It's like kind of like almost like um. I feel like there's a cutoff, right? Like because I know a lot of chicks, man. I've been in nightlife out here for for, for a decade. Like I said, nearly a decade. And and I've been I've been back and forth to the states, right? So I haven't. So when I told you when we met and I mentioned I've been for a decade, ten years. I, I haven't been here exclusively for 10 years. I've gone back to the States in between, you know, me and the fam. Like, sometimes we'll go for a year and then come back here for a year. You know what I'm saying? Like that. But um, when, you, when, when you're when you in nightlife here for as long as I am, you meet all of them, bro. And you write what you said about the the, 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 the girls that's tricking out here. You know what I'm saying? The girls that's out here that, you know, that are selling pussy or whatever. They, they man, they some of the, they're some of the coolest people. They be the same ones in the club, chilling, you know, yeah. buying bottles, like, you know, kicking it with dudes and they, that's their income. You know, I think that is looked at very differently here. You know, like in the States, you got to go to like Vegas and okay, so uh, prostitution is legal there. And I think somewhere Ventura is what Ventura, the state he used to be the governor of. Is it, what, what state am I thinking of? Oh, Jesse Ventura? I, I, I don't want to say Minnesota. Yeah, Jesse Ventura. Yeah, Jesse he, was Ventura. The he was the governor of Minnesota. Yeah. <laughs> Minnesota. He made it le- He made it legal in Minnesota, right? So I didn't there's know a few that. places where it's legal. Like, yeah, yeah. There's a few places where prostitution is legal in the states, right? And mm-hmm. and here and here in Thailand, there's a lot of things that are okay, but it's not on the books legal, right? So technically, prostitution here is illegal, right? As well as um, uh, 
homosexuality, uh, like um, uh, they don't have like an anti-hate band, but no one be hating on the ladyboys. That's what they call them here. That's yeah, not something boys, I'm yeah. making up, by the way. Oh, Just yeah, so no, the crowd yeah. can hear. They call them ladyboys here. And the ladyboys call themselves ladyboys. And I think that there's probably a distinction between someone here who considers himself to be a transgender woman and someone who considers himself to be a ladyboy. And there's a lot of guys that come out here specifically so fuck for transgender prostitution. Yes, yes, specifically for that purpose. <laughs> so it's, 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 it's like, so it's not something that's frowned upon, but on paper, any type of form of prostitution is um, illegal. Um, gay marriage is technically illegal here. Like, so there's a lot of things that are illegal that they allow to happen here because I guess, I think there's like kind of a covenant with the society that if, as long as no one is abusing their privileges or whatever, you know, like if, if you tricking and you advertising it on Facebook, you know, Facebook business suite or whatever, you probably gonna, <laughs> you probably gonna have some issues. But yeah. if you keeping it low and doing it in the zones, like the red light district in the zones where they like allow it to be a thing, I, they, they don't, they don't really, you know, they're not going to give you a hard time. Plus the police, you know, a lot, the police here are shady, man. They get oh, paid off. You I, know. I had to pay them off. <laughs> I had to pay them $250 Bro. when I was in Pattaya because I was smoking a vape. And shit, I was like, I didn't know this shit was illegal. Really? Yeah. I was like, bro, y'all sell, oh, yeah, yeah. sell this shit. If it's illegal, why the fuck are y'all selling it? And the, the motherfucker was like... 250 yeah, 250 nigga. That's a lot. Bro, that, I really wish you had met me sooner. Yeah. That, <laughs> see, so he pulled it up online yeah. and he was like... He was like, "Is yeah, twenty thousand bot." And then I was like, "I, I said, hey, bro, I'll give you thirty five hundred bot." They was like, "No," like I was trying to lowball their ass. Mm. And then they was like, "We can do ten bot." I said, "Man, I ain't really trying to do ten. He said, "I can do eight. I'm like, "Fuck, whatever." I was like, "They was on some shit trying to scare me." And I was like, "Bro, you pussies ain't gonna scare me. You gonna take me to jail? Come on, let's go." Because they was like, "You might have to go to yeah, jail." Yeah, they're not. They're not gonna take you to jail for that. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I was. Just I mean, like, they, I, they might. They might. I wasn't tripping. I was yeah. like, "Bro, whatever. Let's go." But yeah, I had to give them a little pussies, $250 and shit, so I can... And then they gave me my vape back. I said, what kind of shit is this? <laughs> Nigga, I got... Man, let me tell you. Let me, <laughs> <laughs> this shit is outrageous here, bro. And now that now that COVID, the COVID bans are lifting and the country's opening back up, a lot of tourists are starting to come back, and they hungry. I you know, know, these cops ain't been hustling anybody for like two years, so like now they like... Oh yeah, now we got some foreigners, fresh fresh crop. You gonna get a little ten thousand bot off him, a little ten thousand. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And they and they know if you knew here, like for me the other day, it was a big issue. They actually pulled me over. I was I'm in my car driving to the hair salon. That happened that day, bro. I was okay, driving. Okay, I to the remember hair you was talking to, to the lady about that. Yep, yep. And the police, they they now keep in mind, like as we talking, man, like talking to to our people back in the states, like the police out here ain't gonna. They're not trying to kill brothers. This is not America. It's not, you know, so if you ever visit Thailand, don't come out here with the mentality that the police are anti-black or against you or whatever like that. So it's, I don't feel like the vibe is that way. Now, there is another thing in there that could be construed as a racial, you know what I mean? That probably is to some degree, but your life is not in danger with the police here. Your freedom may be for a few hours, but not your life. You yeah, know what I'm I saying? Did, I didn't so, feel threatened um, at all. Right. Like it, it depends on what you're doing. Like, I mean, if you know, if you if you out here doing blow, you know, if you out here copping blow from the Nigerians and, <laughs> you know, doing blowing, doing blow out in, the, out in the open and you walk out with powder around your mustache or something. Yeah, you probably going to go to jail if you don't have enough money to pay them off. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So you got to be careful what you're doing. But um, but yeah, there's no bias. But anyway, so I'm, I'm in I'm in the lane like and I hadn't driven in Bangkok in a while because we just drove down. We got a house up in the northeast. And we just drove down here about two weeks ago. So this was my first 
time like driving into the city city area, that busy area where we was at, where the hair salons. Were hey, for, before, so, but, but, um, hold on, hold on. I'm, I'm, but before you go any further, I just want to applaud you and commend you for driving, man. Like, I don't know if I can drive out here with these motherfuckers. <laughs> right? Like when I was in Phuket the other day, if, if I, got a, I got a motorbike, yeah. but in Bangkok, man, I, man, I'm scared to drive. Dog, it it really is, but you know you got to consider, man. I'm coming from driving in, in Brooklyn and yeah. <laughs> so for me, it's just like my mind just flipped. Okay, it's it's to be honest with you, it's not as organized. Like you know, even in New York, you know, it's busy, but it's organized. You know what I'm saying? We got we got America. We have our issues with traffic in big cities, but it's the roads are pretty organized and pretty well spaced out. And the, issue is here you got to be really careful because the roads aren't spaced out properly it turned to be somewhere where you're not expecting it to be you could end up in the middle lane and hit the median when you were supposed to veer right or veer left so yeah there's a little more risk driving out here but again i've been i've been driving out here for years and years so i'm get i've gotten used to it even though it's been a while since i've been driving in the city now um but i i got away with giving the cop six dollars over the equivalent of about eight dollars u.s <clears throat> because he just wanted some money so i started speaking to him in Thai. And that's when he was shocked. And then I called my wife and he was like, oh, you, you're like tie tie. And then he's telling my wife on the phone. He's like, so, so you're, you're his girlfriend. And my wife said, I'm not his girlfriend. I'm his wife. Yeah. <laughs> I said, but if you want to check, if you want to check, I was like, if you want to check, we can go by the U.S. Embassy before we go to the police station. And that, right. then he was a little bit afraid, but he still wanted to run some games. So my wife was like, look, he'll give you a couple hundred bucks because he's in a hurry to go get his hair done. We don't have time to mess with you today. So I gave him 200 baht and I was on my way, but I'm still, I'm mad about that 200 baht, to be honest with you. Shit, <laughs> I, I would have rather gave 200 baht than $250. Yeah, I know. It's a big difference. <laughs> and you know what's fucked difference. up? That was, the, that was the money I was going to use to skydive. So, man, because like I was budgeting the shit. I mean, I might still skydive, but I was like, damn, man, I had that shit set aside for a purpose. Yeah. But that, that was my get out of jail free yeah. card right there. Yeah, man. I'm well, man. I'm sorry that happened, bro. But you know, you still got time. And when are you headed back? You flying back on Sunday or Monday? I leave Monday morning. I don't want to, but shit, I got oh, some okay. shit back to do in L.A. But I'm gonna try to finesse it and come back out here in about six months. That's what's up. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably still be here when you get here, and I will be leaving probably when you leave on your next trip. That's when I'll be leaving. If I don't know how long you plan on staying next time, but. I'm planning on being out of here within the next seven months. So okay. at the end of your your visit, I'll probably be on my way back to New York. Yeah. I right, you you mentioned Brooklyn. So on 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 here for like since the podcast started, we have a little running joke about people in Brooklyn. I I feel so. Right, word. <laughs> I'm gonna tell I'm gonna I'll, t- I'll tell you the backstory. So I was okay. I was getting I was getting ready to smash this little Korean chick and shit. We in the bed. I was on my little smooth shit. I had my little R and B music uh, playing. Osley Brothers, between the sheets, come on. This bitch was like, "Oh, I thought this was Biggie, big uh, shit, um, fucking um." Oh yeah, one, one more young, chance young, and shit. Bro, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Uh-huh. She, yeah, she was uh-huh. like, she was like in her early early twenties and shit. And I was like, I said, "Bitch, mm. what, what I look like? Fucking you, the fucking notorious Big and shit." I was like, "Only motherfuckers, <laughs> only motherfuckers in New York do that shit." I'm from Kentucky. We we fuck to R and B music. So like that's like a running joke and shit. So I'll be like, yo, I feel like motherfuckers in Brooklyn, motherfuckers in Brooklyn, they don't fuck the R and B. They fuck to like Biggie and shit. So you a Brooklyn knight? Have you have you have you boned to Biggie or do has any of your friends boned to Biggie? You want me? You want me to? You want me to throw you a curveball, man? What's up? I, yo, 
used to, I used to smash chicks. I, I used to smash chicks. Thug <laughs> motivation. Oh shit, Jesus! Jesus. <laughs> okay, all right. So I, I did that too. I did that too. But the only song I used to fuck bitches to with Jeezy was the song "Uh, I Tear That Pussy Up." That's the only song and shit. You know what I'm saying? To oh, beat it up. Man, that song no, with Lloyd. No, I, I, I was... Yeah, that was on. That was oh, a little R and B smooth song. Yeah, it's a little R and B. Yeah, no, I like no. So okay, so <laughs> not that that's not the norm. But a few times I have found myself in a position where I was playing some Jeezy, baby girl came over and she liked it, and we started we started fucking. But you know Jeezy, you know first I'm gonna stack my flow. <laughs> right. And <then> what? <laughs> and see, as, but as, 90 percent uh, of the time it's been Maxwell, Maxwell, Urban okay. Hanks. That's my get in the mood music. Yeah, yeah. See, I'm I'm so fucked up. I'll probably lose concentration and like sing the songs and shit while I'm fucking. I'll be like, oh shit. (laughs) (laughs) Man, that's wild. You know, but you know anything to do me. Look, man. If look, if you and her into each other, if you and the lady you got with you are into each other enough, it doesn't matter what's playing in the background. As long as it's not dead silence, I'm not a big fan of that. Not on the first round. Not at all. Yeah. Yeah, I'll be on my little smooth shit. So, man, so initially, when did when did you first come out here? Did you come out here when you met your girl? Because you said y'all met in the States, or you have been here before? Well, um, I came here, I'm going to tell you this now, I'm going to date myself just a little bit. I came <laughs> out here for the first time for a couple weeks in, I want to say it was 2003 or four. I was here for two or three weeks in 2003 or four. It was my first time leaving the Western Hemisphere. And I came out here to fill in for a friend of mine whose wife was having a baby back home and he had to leave because the baby was coming early. So I came in here to finish his contract. And I was playing over at this hotel here, uh, the Erewhon the Hyatt. Okay. And this was like 03 or 04. I was a young cat. You know, it was a while back. So I was a young cat. I was in my 20s. And um, I came out here and played that gig. And I was out here for two or three weeks. I was scared of everything. I didn't leave the hotel. Oh. You know. And uh, I just, I wasn't necessarily scared to explore. I was scared because I didn't have no money. So I didn't want to be out getting into situations where I was going to have to spend money and not have money to cover myself. So I stayed in the hotel till I got paid. And then like my last couple of days here, I went out around some places nearby the hotel. But you know, bro, 17, 18 years ago, this was a completely different place. You know, I mean, and when I say completely, I mean a lot. I mean, like this has changed tremendously in that time. I mean, um, I mean, it wasn't like, you know, huts or nothing like that, but it definitely wasn't as built up as it is now, you know. But they said there was still some stuff popping. But when I officially came, but when I would say I officially came to Thailand, like officially, I would say probably 2011. And I came with my girl, but we came back. Um, we, we were living at the time because I was working for Disney. We came okay. back. Um, we were living in Kissimmee, Kissimmee, Florida at the time. And so. Um, then we we flew back after my contract ended with them, and we just uh, we we've been here pretty much since. And occasionally fly out for different contracts. I've done contracts in the Maldives. I've done contracts in Beijing, China. I've done all over the world, bro. You know, Europe. And actually, after my first trip to Bangkok, kind of broke. You know, I kind of popped my cherry on like long flights and international travel. So after that, man, like about a year and a half later, I was. I was doing London, I was doing France and, you know, Denmark. I was all over the place. You know, I flew into Japan and stuff. And so, so yeah, that Bangkok was like my warm-up city, but it's the first place I came that was outside of the Western Hemisphere. Yeah. Okay. Hell yeah. Yep. So, all right, so you said you, had, you, you mentioned earlier that you had did some tours and you came out here to fill in for your buddy. Do you want to tell us exactly what that was for? 
Oh yeah, man. So I'm a musician. I'm a recording artist, and I uh, <clears throat> I was I play keys. I play keys, and I play a couple of instruments, but but piano, keyboard. That's my main. That's my main instrument. That, and I sing and stuff. And uh, um, so I'm a recording artist. I'm a musician, songwriter, and um, he was playing in a band, a party band at the at the hotel at the Hyatt, and so I came to fill in. <clears throat> excuse me. I came to fill in for him at the Hyatt as a keyboard player, and. Um, yeah, so I just filled in for the band. We were just playing covers. You know, back then we were still, you know, we were playing like, uh, you know, a lot of 90s R&B. Casey and JoJo we and shit? Like Rick, yeah, Rick James, <laughs> Prince. We were oh, playing, yeah. we playing that shit too. Hell yeah, yeah we, was, we, we was taking it back. We played a little bit of Michael Jackson, like Off the Wall, you know, and, and some of the stuff from the Thriller album. But yeah, yeah, so that was pretty much, I just filled in for him playing covers. It was a great experience. You know, I filled in. Sang a little background harmony and stuff like that, and and I was, you know, real talk for me, that was one of my first like big trips to play music. So I felt like I was coming up in the world, you know, at the time, man. I think I'm I'm 41 now, so I was uh, I was uh, 20 uh, shit. What was I? 23, 24? Oh, yeah, well, yeah, I just turned 41 last month. So okay, yeah, I'm starting to feel the years. Happy, now, happy, though, happy belated birthday. My, my, my was last week. I just turned 36. Oh, thanks, brother. Yeah, matter of fact, you know, happy birthday, by the way. Thank I you. said last month, we're not in December yet. It's still November. Actually, mine was two weeks ago. So okay. I turned I turned 41 on the 12th on the twelfth of November. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, your shit was right before mine. Because mine, mine's the yeah, same. Yeah, Scorpio the season, baby. That's right. That's right. Scorpio season, baby. They don't, yeah. Hey, man, I knew I fucked with you for some reason. <laughs> that's right, goddammit. <laughs> <laughs> Goddamn right. Hell yeah. <laughs> So like, all right. Yeah, one, one thing we, I noticed. We keep it too real. One thing I noticed, like the last last year. So I came last year, January, into January, early February, right before Corona shit happened, and like mm-hmm. my my flight back home had got switched because I was flying through Shanghai and they stopped all the flights through Shanghai and I had to reroute through Japan and shit. But like, I went mm. to the club. I went to uh, you you know Club Sugar, don't you? A Sugar Club, whatever the fuck it's called. <laughs> so do I know Sugar nigga? You need to ask them. They know me. Yeah. <laughs> So like I'm in there and I, shit. I was the emperor out there for a minute. No shit. <laughs> oh yeah. Like man. I no, I noticed they love like to put on shows. Like the DJ would play a song and then some motherfucker was like rapping the rest of it. I'm like, hey bitch, I want to hear the original track. I don't give a I shit. I want to hear the goddamn. Oh, yeah, them niggas be good. Yo man, the, the, the way the Asians and the Africans do the DJ thing is different than how we do it back home. It's like yeah. you could say a couple of the lyrics, but these niggas be like. Man, they like, do the whole song, you know. Like, like, and, and they be acting like it's their shit, like they doing a concert and shit. I'm they like, do. they dance up front. Really, it's like it's like almost like it's like an impersonate a celebrity impersonation show without the costume and without the talent. Just Man. the track in the background of some nigga and some nigga in the t shirt up front with right. a baseball cap pretending he's a black American guy. I was gonna say that they they, they, always, they always throw some black motherfucker up there and shit to make it seem like yeah we down. I'm like, yo, get this corny ass nigga out of here, man. Nigga, you, you hear this nigga's accent. You're like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> At least hire an American nigga. Right. And then I, I'm like, I'm like seeing these motherfuckers perform. I'm like, bro, they suck. I wanted to push them down and take the mic. I'm like, let me show you motherfuckers how it's really done. Yeah. Well, you know what it is, man, out here. It's like for me, I'm I'm on the scene, right? So I gotta be careful what I say. But there there is definitely hundred percent truth in the joke I just made and in the comments you just made. There right. is. But 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 I, I, I like to try to approach things like certain things like this. This is a sensitive topic, right? So if like these niggas listen to this podcast, they're gonna be like, 
oh, I knew Jafar was fake and these American niggas think they're better. No, 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 that's not the thing. That's not the thing at all. It's like speaking to them specifically right now. When you hear when you hear uh, two black American dudes have a conversation like this about what you're doing in the club, I think it's like a kind of like it should be an incentive for you to improve because we're the people that the culture came from, right? right. That's shit you're doing. That's our shit. So right. if we're telling you as entertainers, if we're telling you as entertainers that we don't think it's up to snuff, then that means it's not. Find out how you can improve what it is that you're doing. And if you don't give a fuck because you're making money anyway and the people in your crowd don't know, then don't give a fuck. But don't get mad at us for keeping it 100 on what it is that you're doing. It's exactly. not authentic. It comes off as being inauthentic. It's not offensive because you're black. It's not offensive because you're black, but it is corny as shit. And it looks like someone's trying to beat us that ain't us. Right. And then, you know, there was this group. There's this group. Matter of fact, a, a good friend of mine. Shout out to my homeboy, Radio 3000. Um, hey. But there's, the, yeah, I don't know if you know radio, but he's a cool cat. Radio's out there in the West Coast, man. Radio's from oh. Oakland. So, okay. Um, okay. So I, man, radio, I, I, I radio in, 3000. I live in L.A., so that ain't far oh, from sorry, me, but ahead. I ain't never heard of him, though. Oh man, you yeah, you gotta get with radio. He's dope. You like music videos, okay. features. He's an MC. He sing, he sings, and he he actually directed my first and only music video. It's on YouTube. It's called On the Low. So if y'all want to check out On the Low, it's Jafar Curry On the Low, and that's my that's the first music video I've ever done. I had no idea what I was doing. We shot it last year in Bangkok at the at the Hyatt Regency on Soy Thirteen, and um <clears throat> yeah, radio put me in the game, man. He he had the cinematic cameras out there. He had a film crew. Super professional, dope ass brother. He be here. He's not in the city now. He's not in Bangkok now, but he's back in the states. But radio, he he got me hooked up. But anyway, <clears throat> radio came in with Def Jam Asia, and he added there was a, a lot there of was a Def Jam Asia. The shit, it's kind of dissolved now, but to my understanding, it still exists here. Bro, I mean, you know, like dog, I I, know I, I, I've, I've been like largely independent, but yeah, there's Def Jam, there's Def Jam, there's Def Jam Thailand, but yeah, there's Def Jam Asia, but Def Jam Thailand. He came in, Def Jam Thailand brought him in, and he's been working with a lot of their artists. Now, they're exclusively Thai. They only promote Thai. They call it Thai hip-hop now. Look, yeah. look, to my Thai people that are on here listening, all hip-hop is the only hip-hop. It's black hip-hop. Y'all may have your version of it. You may do it in your language, but it is still... <laughs> Man, All hip-hop is our hip-hop. All hip hop is our, all R and B is our R and B. If you put time in front of it, that doesn't mean that you created a new genre. It's still our shit. Man. You guys just have a license to use it. They just they, they, they trying to colonize like the white people and shit, man. Taking everything. <laughs> Fuck. Well, that's the thing, you know. And I, as, <laughs> and, and as that and as as, uh, as far as that goes, like I look at it like this: they love imitation is the best form of flattery, isn't it? It really right, is. Yeah. Imitation is the best form of flattery. But when you get to the point that you love what you're imitating so much that you want to confiscate the spot, that's not cool. And that's where I think, and that's the same issue I think we have with the African cats too. Cause you know, the Afro pop, Afro beat, they got a lot of their own really good music. Matter of fact, I got an Afro beat song that's out right now on Spotify called Dance. Okay. And I love the shit, it's great. But you know, I didn't do it based on Afro beat. I did it based on like, you know, my, my, my parents are Caribbean American. So I did it based on my Caribbean heritage, which turns out sounds a lot like Afro beat. You know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, it's like we borrow from each other all the time. But when I put that song in and I put the little genres in with my distributor and I tell them, my, I'm, you know, hey, this is the kind of song I'm doing. I put in their Afrobeat. I don't put in their American, African-American Afrobeat. Yeah. <laughs> Afrobeat in there because that's their shit. And I know it is from the sound, from the guitar, from the people I had work with me on the record. 
I know it's they shit. And so, and I think that's where it is. But anyway, what I was saying by Radio 3000 is, you know, he comes out here and he even, he he's the one who got a lot of these Thai hip hop cats on the right track. So where, where they not like in the club singing all the words to the record and pretending they the nigga on the record. Instead, they like coming up with their own shit, playing their own original stuff. And he kind of gave them a little bit of the game. He gave them a little bit of the swag and stuff. A cat like that coming in is good because it's really important for the culture. And I feel like I've been a cultural influence here too. Like if you can't go out to a Thai club now, you're going to hear people playing progressive jazz fusion and you're going to hear them playing Neo Soul and D'Angelo and shit. <laughs> Music okay. Soul Child. That's what's nigga, up. Nigga, the only one who did that, the only one who was doing that out here 10 years ago was me. Yeah, yeah. It was me. And it's, it's so funny because like I'm in the game now and I see these young Thai guys you know, cats that was like 15, 12 years old when I first came here that are like in the club now, 22, 23, singing, uh, girl, I know this might seem strange. Oh, and I'm like, shit. yo. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, really, nigga? Okay. You know, but I, I like it. I like that I've been an influence. But I find that with the non-hip-hop guys, they're not as aggressively trying to encroach on the culture. They actually pay homage. They actually say, oh, yeah, this is, you know, this is a chick Korea tune or this is a, you know, this is D'Angelo or whatever. You know, this is Max. Like, they pay homage, you know what I'm saying? They they show love, you know. But the hip-hop guys, they kind of think, they kind of feel like it's theirs now, you know. Yeah. So they kind of, you know, these guys, come on, they... <laughs> it is what it is, man. You know, what can I say? I'm getting old. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, like, so, like, 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 talk, like, tell us, man, because I, I've seen it, like, from, like, the club perspective, but you was, like, in a whole band and y'all was doing like other shit. Mm. So, so in that band, was it a mixture of Thai and Americans, or just all Americans? My band, my bands have varied, but usually it's a mixture. Like, I, uh, there's a bass player I work with. Shout out to Art. Shout out to Art. Yo, so way Thong Bay. So what do cop? Yeah. So Art is my dog, and he's been with me since the beginning. Okay. Art's been my bass player since I got here. Like, I think I was here for a year with different bass players, and then Art. Art is a Thai cat that fully, fully understands the sound. You won't find a funk. I mean, I'm telling you, bro, you put him up against Thundercat, you put him up against, you know what I'm saying? He is off the chain. There's yeah. another young cat I work with out here named, named March. I mean, these are Thai guys that understand the sound. But, you know, I find that a lot of these guys, like I say, a lot of the guys that aren't necessarily in the nightclub hip-hop scene, they tend to be a lot more aware of the cultural impact of the music and the origins and things like that. So yes, usually it's a mixed band, you know what I'm saying? And I'll, I'll, I've been lucky enough to get a lot of my friends that was working over in like China or that just happened to be passing through. I got one buddy that came out here. He just came out here on vacation because I suggested it. Nigga ended up staying out here for three years playing playing gigs with me in corporate events. And, <laughs> you know, brother, brother from Vegas. Originally from D.C., but from Vegas. Kenny Michael, shout out to Kenny Michael. You know? Hell yeah. So, right. Yeah, yeah. So it's a mix. It's usually a mix, yeah. So like, what's the reaction to the people? So like, when when you was in the band, was you primarily just on the keys, or was you singing too? No, usually I'm the front man. You know, um, like I've only been a front man since ah. like 2006. So, so like, you're from, a, from, you're so a I'll either, yeah, I usually be up front, or I like depending on the band size, right? Like, because you know, sometimes the venue will bring you in and they'll be like, oh, well, you know, we only have a budget of X amount of dollars. You know, and so so I'll be like, okay, I'll, I'll cut you a deal. Instead of a three-piece horn section, I'll do a two-piece horn section, and I'll play keys. That way you only got to play for six people. And yeah. then the band will sing, yeah, help, help me with the background vocals. But typically, yeah, I'll sing and play keys um, on, a smaller, on a smaller scale. But when we do bigger venues, which, which lately most of my venues have been bigger venues, where I front the band, I usually will hire 
I'll hire a keyboard player, you know, and typically that's a tough position to fill because I play keys. So whoever gets it, a lot of times guys turn me down because they don't want to screw me, but, (laughs) 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 but I get, I get a, I get a keyboard player in usually and I go up front and do my thing, man. Like for me, look, shout out to all the keyboard players. I love you guys. As long as you can play the pocket and hold them chords for me, that's all I need, man. The, The guitar, the drums and the bass will do the rest. Yeah. You know, and I got my horn section, so I'm straight, you know. Hell so, yeah, yeah, man. But, um, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, they got, you know, they got a lot of, like, I find that what works out here now, a lot of times if you want to be profitable, like, if you're out here looking to work as a musician, put together a show and have an event band. You know, doing the nightly stuff in the clubs is not necessarily going to get, it's good for seasoning, it's good for practice, but don't take it as your main main way to make money. Right. That's the way, that's the thing I would say. Okay. Yeah. Well, since you married, and I don't want to fuck up your household, I'm going to skip over the groupie questions and shit. Because I, I swear I want to know. It's like, sure, what's it like? But we're not going to fuck up your, your home, so we're going to skip over that one. <laughs> maybe maybe, maybe in part two. Maybe in part okay, two. Okay, cool, cool. <laughs> All right, we, we want to take a little minute, so... All the people that listen to me, man, I love and I respect him for listening. And for me to show love, because I don't be knowing everybody personally, I like to shout out all the cities and countries that listen and shit. Just let them know, man, I see y'all and I appreciate y'all. So we're going to shout out to the USA, Thailand, British Virgin Islands, India, United Kingdom, Poland, and Norway. Nice. And then for the cities, we got Las Vegas, Bangkok, Louisville, Ashburn, Dallas, Los Angeles, Unknown, Anderson, Badlapur, Birmingham, uh, Bowling Green, Georgetown, Hawthorne, Inglewood, Laguna Niguel, Pigeon Forge, Norwalk, Roadtown, Virginia Beach, Wake Forest, Duluth, Nashville, Phuket, Patong, San Diego, Atlanta, uh, Poznan, Poznan, Providence, and then these last two, shit, it's spelled G-U-W-A-H-A-T-I. And then the other one is P-H-I-T-S-A-N-U-L-O-K. Shout out to all y'all. And majority of these places, I don't know where the fuck is at. And like I've been asking y'all for three years, but you never fucking tell me. Let me know. Where, let me let me know where these places are. I might want to come visit, and I need some fucking uh, tips or whatever. But yeah, shout out to all, shout out to all y'all listening. And then as far as the iTunes charts, uh, let me see my email. I got it today. All right, where we at? Come on, cut. Hey, bro, Wi-Fi out here sucks, man. It's slow as shit. <laughs> you got to get your own dog. That's I, the trick. I know. I got T-Mobile, so I'll be having like free international data and shit but like even like the all right so i just turned the wi-fi off and it popped up but on the wi-fi the shit was weak so in uh in slovenia i'm 102 on the charts in armenia mm. i'm number 24 on the charts in the british uh virgin islands i'm number 117 on the charts and then on the in the british virgin islands and places and travel i'm number four on the charts i'm gonna have to go back and look and see exactly when but I'm pretty sure Sweet. if I haven't hit the year mark, I'm coming up on the year mark of consistently being on the charts for a year straight. You know what I'm saying? And I'll be looking at that shit, and I'm like, man, these motherfucking corporations and shit still ain't showing me no love, but fuck them whores. I'm still doing numbers. And and, and like Fat Joe said, yesterday's price, bitch, is not today's price. You know what I'm saying? But I'm still out here doing my shit independently 100. and all of that. 
So yeah, so I went to I went to Phuket last last Friday. Yeah, like last Friday. Yo, G, G, GQ, sorry, we huh? lo- we we losing the signal a little bit, man. I can't hear you. All right. Can you can you hear me now? Yeah, now I can. Yeah. All right, all right. Yeah, we talking on WhatsApp and shit. I, I told you, bro, that that Wi-Fi weak as fuck <laughs> over here. Let me make sure I, I'm connected again, man. I don't want to lose you. So I went to Phuket okay. uh, over the weekend, <clears throat> and that was fun. Like, I enjoyed it. I went to Phuket the last time I was out here, and, man, I hit the beach and shit and just chilled. I got me a little motorbike, and I'm just riding around the community and just fucking hanging out and, like, I like the clubs out there. Well, Bangalore Road was cool, but they was closing at like eleven or some shit. Uh, you know that little that mm. little club out there, King Kong. I've heard of it, man. But to be honest, I haven't kicked it in Phuket since twenty thirteen, bro. I hate oh, okay, it. Okay, okay. <laughs> so yeah, shit, I, I've been out there in a minute. We yeah. went to fucking King Kong, and the motherfuckers was open to like shit three, four in the morning, and like I've been drinking while I've been out here. Wow. But I only got drunk as fuck one time, and that was at fucking King Kong. Like, shit, we got two bottles of blend, uh, blend. You know the little that Thai whiskey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got two bottles of that shit. We got some other little shit, bro. Man, I was in that. I was in that bitch buttered. I'm looking at my Snapchat. I'm, I'm like, dog, when the fuck did this happen? Oh man. <laughs> Oh, cuz boy, I hate nights like that. Ugh, no, I've been there. I've been it, there. it was cool, you know what I'm saying? I wasn't doing nothing crazy, I was just wilding out, just having fun and shit. But I'm like, just, I, said, uh, yeah, yeah. I said, when I take a picture with this motherfucker, I'm looking at my text messages, I'm like, who the fuck is this? I had conversations with people, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, who the fuck is this? I'm, I'm uh, like, bro, I see I had, uh-huh. I had notifications on, on, on fucking line, so I opened the app, I'm like, who. Like and and the conversations, what I was saying, like nothing was misspelled, everything was right. I was like, well, I was fo- I was focused and coherent, but I don't remember who the fuck them people was that I was texting. And oh man, I was just like, damn man. But it was a fun motherfucking night, bro. We was, yeah, we was in the tuk tuk. Yeah, I'm glad you had a good time. Everything and shit, man. Yeah, I love uh, Phuket. And then just like it's been- great that the city's that the city's opening back up now, man. Because that's that's what it's like, man. You know, Thailand is. If you want it to be, man, it's a nonstop party, and it's it's relatively safe to to kick it like that. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. that, I mean, I used to be out every night. Like I told you about Sugar Man, but Bangkok has my been my my hot spot. But but yeah, I used to be out every night drinking, kicking it, chilling. Ninety nine percent of the time, I had positive experiences. Never got in a fight. Never yeah. had you know we you know Scorpio Scorpio season, baby. We be chilling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, I made, I made a video when I was in Phuket. When I was on a moped, I was like, you motherfuckers, y'all don't want to leave the hood and shit. You don't want to leave the country. I'm like, I'm like, I'm on this fucking moped. I'm lost right now. I can use my GPS, but I'm going to find my way back. I'm like, it's all about living life, having uh-huh. adventures. I said, I haven't felt unsafe. I'm, you know what I'm saying? Ain't nobody really fucking with me except for the little incident with the police. But as far as the people, the motherfuckers uh-huh. been cool and shit. You know what I'm saying? And like, I was just in Paris like three months ago. And these motherfuckers act like they were scared of black motherfuckers. I, I'm walking past people smiling bonjour and they were just bitches and shit but like i come here mother motherfucking old ass little ladies and shit just smiling and shit and just so fucking nice and oh like, no it's different it's different out here man tired man listen you i mean you've been around here long you you picked up on the fact that that these is niggas out here right <laughs> <laughs> bro like like i don't even say it like that but yeah you, you picked up on and that, especially right? like with the women have my wife come over here and tell you this. <laughs> i was thinking like 
because I remember motherfuckers said that uh, the Filipino bitches was like was the black bitches of the Asians. But I was like, bro, I've been seeing so many thick ass nah, Thai it's, bitches it's, with asses. I'm Thai, like, Damn. Filipinas get it too, but Filipinos, Thais, Cambodians, um, Laos, Laotians, uh, yeah, and I would say those are the four. That's the that's the dream team as far as like the, the <laughs> black the black people of Asia and Thais are in some ways are more so than everybody else, you know, because it's yeah. not just it's not just in the way they look, it's in the way like they swag to a degree in some in some areas and they. No, they're not afraid, man. They, you know, a lot of these chicks that's from the Northeast or from the South, man, they got parents are complexion. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. they grandparents are complexion. So it's not, you know, a lot, the Chinese influence down here, the Chinese and Vietnamese mix down here has lightened the, the pigmentation a bit. You know how it works. That mixture over time and all that. But, but yeah, yeah, these are ties are traditionally darker skinned people. Like a lot of times, even my little daughter here, I got a five-year-old. A lot of times people don't even know that she's not 100% Thai until she opens up her mouth and she has an American accent yeah. and they're like oh <laughs> because I've saw so, some chicks with uh, with babies I'm like yo is the daddy black she's like no no he's Asian too I was like damn uh, this motherfucker what? can pass for a little light skinned black kid yeah they, they look like light skinned black people yeah it's, yeah it's interesting but you know I think more for, more for ties is about education like whether or not they're aware of, of their cultural heritage their roots their history. It's not taking anything away from being Asian to call them black. You know, there was a time in in the UK where no matter where you came in from, I mean, you go back 40, 50 years in the UK, and if you came from Sri Lanka or India or, you know, uh, 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 if you came from uh, Bangladesh or something like that, you know, these people have similar skin tones to, to, to East Africans, you know, so they would, they call them black no matter where you, black didn't become something that was exclusively uh, referred to people of African or sub-Saharan African descent. That wasn't a thing until like the late seventies or the early eighties, you know, in the UK. So it's really interesting, like how we define blackness in America. Um, it, it's, it's not the same worldwide. It's not the same. Even if you go into Latin America versus, you know, there's people that we wouldn't call black that call themselves black that are offended by us, not including them in the diaspora. You know what I mean? And um, so blackness is, you know, you talking about culture, and ethnicity, that's a different conversation than talking about what is blackness, what does it mean to be black. You take a, a dark-skinned Southeast Asian person that grew up in the States around us, you know what I'm saying? You wouldn't be able to tell the difference. You know what I mean? So it, it's, 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 it's a subjective term. That's all I'm saying. And then, too, man, something that I want to say that I made a post about this earlier, and it's fucking uh, toward the Africans out here, man. I just want to say, mm. all the Africans out here scamming, fuck y'all. All right, and on this podcast, we do a thing called bury him in the grave. That's when, when you fucking um, if you if you a fuck boy or you a fuck girl, if you do some like fuck shit, we gonna call you out and we gonna shoot you with the with the fucking uh, petty bu- petty bullets. Now the bullets are meant to kill you; it's to fucking shoot some sense into you and straighten your ass out. You know what I'm saying? So. I, I, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to bury these Africans over here that be scamming because they be over here scamming motherfuckers and shit. And I've noticed like on the date naps, a lot of the chicks was like, uh, I, if you do crypto or Bitcoin, I don't want to talk to you and shit. And then like when I was at places, I would be like paying for my shit. And I guess, OK, OK, like when we was in African shop, I, I paid the lady and I even had it on video. But the other little, the little chick from Liberia was like, did you pay? 
I was like, yeah. And then like she was like talking to the lady, and the lady was like, yeah, he paid. That's happened like three times. And then I was talking to my peoples, and they was like, yeah, because all the Africans be over here scamming and shit, so they don't trust no black people. And every black person they see, they think they from Africa. And I was, I made a little post because a lot of Thai people follow me. I was like, look, motherfucker, I'm not African. I'm from, I'm from, I'm from America. I don't fucking scam. Yeah. Quit treating me like that shit. And not all black people are from Africa, and not everybody fucking scams. So for all you African motherfuckers. And that's something that they don't. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, man. No, go ahead, man. Sorry, you got you yeah. on your thing. Go ahead, man. <laughs> so for, for all, all you African motherfuckers doing that shit, bro, y'all some bitches, bro. I want to slap the shit out of y'all because y'all making it hard for real motherfuckers like us who's trying to pay and be honest, but we getting fucked with because y'all giving us a bad motherfucking reputation. And I wanted to get a t-shirt and, and have it written and tied that says, I'm not an African scammer. I'm from America. So for all you little punk-ass Africans <laughs> doing that little shit, fuck y'all. <laughs> <laughs> you just got buried. You know, word word is burned. Yeah. I'm like, bro, what the fuck, man? No, you know I've heard, saying? I've heard of it. I've heard of it, man. You know, I think COVID threw me off the scene for so long that I forgot about that. That's no, that's a viable thing. You know, they actually had a ban on, and and it's not just it's not just Africans. It's some other different groups of people too, like like some of the some of the Russian cast and stuff. There was I heard a story about like six years back. Uh, where this, there was this African guy, he was taking cab rides and just busting a move. Like when the cab got close to where he would say, "Oh, this is the spot," then he would open the door real fast, and he was like, he was like robbing cab drivers. And so Damn. I was in the cab with my wife, and the cab and the cab driver said, "Where, where's your husband from?" And he's like, he's like, "Yeah, man, it's these African guys. They won't pay their they, they fares or whatever." Like, and the thing about it is, I feel bad because I think the greater majority of the African cats, the African brothers that's out here, I feel like they are not the cats that that's doing it the greater majority of them but there is a percentage of them that yeah they out here hustling they doing they they, they, they you know they grimy and and I've, I've seen them you know you see them when you walk through the soil but a lot of times they don't they don't fuck with me but but you know like you see them when you walk through the soil you know you know who the guys is that that's that's into that but it but it's really hard but yeah make, creating the distinction is very important man because you know when white folks come out here you know ties they ask them, where you from sweden switzerland France, Germany, like UK, they understand the differentiation. You yeah. a brother come up, man. I know four I know four brothers out here. I know a brother out here that's from Trinidad that's from Trinidad. I know a brother out here from Jamaica. All black black guys from the West. I I know a bunch of brothers out here that are from America. And I know brothers out here that are from Africa. They are not a monolith. And that's the thing. So out here people tend to understand because they've had more exposure to these Europeans and white America and white Canadians. They understand that there's a differentiation between the cultures and the people and the ethnicities in the white, you know, in the white side. But on the black side, they tend to think it's a monolith. They think every nigga out here is from Nigeria, Ghana, or Senegal. They <laughs> right. don't understand that. <laughs> and they don't even know that Egypt is in Africa. They don't like there's things like that. They just don't get here. So, yes, for, for all the scammers, fuck y'all. That's from me, too. Y'all know where I'm at. Y'all know me. Yeah. Big you far, baby. I say it like it is. And I tell you that shit to your face. If you scamming. And making niggas look bad, fuck you. But Man. but on some real shit, on some real shit, we are not a monolith. Black Americans are a group of black people. Nigerians are a group of black people. Kenyans, Liberians, Trinidadians. We have a bunch of different countries, cultures, and languages too. Probably the most diverse ethnic group in the country because we got people with pale white skin. We got people with dark black skin like me. So yes. So please get it together. All black people are not from the same place, and we are not all Africans. Man. Some of us come from the states. Some of us come from Latin America. 
you know? So that's what it is. You know what I'm saying? We all share our common lineage and ancestors from Africans. I'm not talking about black people. I'm talking about the human race. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Homo sapiens are from Africa. That's where we come from. So right. let that be known. Yeah, fuck the scammers. I Real was, nigga shit. I was, sitting here, I was sitting here. I was like, yo, why do I feel this way? And that edible kicked in. Because I was like, shit, why the fuck am I feeling kind of high? <laughs> oh. Oh, I miss I miss edibles, nigga. I miss them. Bro, okay, so listen, much. listen, listen, oh, listen, listen, listen. I got you. All you got to do is link with me before I leave. I'll bless you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Bro, I I appreciate you. You know, the only reason I haven't had edibles is because of this this shit. I gotta wait till I heal up, man. So about two months from now, three months from now, I'm gonna be able to snap into my first edible chocolate bar or gummy. Yeah. Or whatever, but I gotta have the surgery. I gotta recover a little bit, and once I do, shit. Why you recover? I'm back on my why, gym why, regimen. Why, why you recover? Do you, that's when you eat the shit. It'll ease your pain and relax. <laughs> shit. Hey, cuz. Oh, I know. Hey, cuz. I know. I wish it was. Let's see. Okay. I, br- <laughs> go ahead, I, go ahead. I, br- I brought that. Sh- I brought that shit with me from L.A. and shit. I'm like, shit. I'm finna come out here. Oh man, you shit. got the. Oh wow! Oh, see, here's the thing though. They they can't tell. Like I had my shit in little fucking uh sandwich bags, so it, it looked like regular candy, and I had it mixed with other shit too. So it was like, oh, snacks. I didn't I didn't have it in like the original <laughs> packaging and shit. Nah. So these what are my kind snacks. Of, what kind of edibles you got? Shit. What kind of edibles you got? You got gummies. I got some gummies. I got and I got some cookies. But the cook the cookies that got smashed the, the cookies got smashed up because they was in my backpack. But I said they still good, so I just I just grab I just grab some crumbs and put it in my just, mouth. Just sprinkle a handful of yeah, crumbs. That's, that's, that's all you need. <laughs> and then and the, here's the that's thing the, though, yeah. edibles don't even be fucking with me like that. I br- I brought them and shit just to give to people. But I was like shit, I ain't had no give buzz. Away. Yeah, I ain't had no buzz and shit. And I was like, I ain't smoking no weed, for real weed in like three weeks. So I was like, damn, the edibles mm. is hot. But yeah, I'm feeling good as a motherfucker right now. And I'm drinking on some little Thai whiskey too. Mm. Yeah. Man, I'm telling you, when them, when them edibles kick in, if you have just the right amount, man, oh. I, I, I love I love edibles. <laughs> yeah, but the thing the thing see the thing for me is so I got man, I got okay, so my surgery tomorrow, I haven't told anyone this even on IG. So your fans will be the first people to know what's going on with me. Okay. Um, I actually have um, I have a really severe case of cardiomyopathy. At the, as we're speaking, my heart's actually only functioning at about 35%. So um, the minimum that your heart's supposed to function at is 55. So, so I am well below the heart function, and that's why I get tired and I sleep a lot and stuff. So um, the doctor, you know, I actually advised me, because I was doing a lot of edibles, like, right up until... Uh, like maybe about a month or two before I got diagnosed. And so the doctor's like, yeah, you're going to have to back off of everything until we, because they're putting a stint in me on Sunday. So until they put the stint in me and I can get back to my regular function and they check my heart function once it's back up, then I can get to my regular stuff. So I've had to like really change my lifestyle, man, because for me, you know, you know, I'm going to be able to drink again. I'm going to be able to have a smoke every once in a while again. I'm going to be able to eat edibles again, but there's just a period in time right now where they're telling me I got to just, back off of everything and heal. So the only thing I can do right now, basically, is gym and make music. So that's ba- and and kick it with cool motherfuckers like you on a podcast. So that's basically what I've been doing. That's what's up. <laughs> Hell yeah. 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 So that's 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 my life for right now. But I'm totally fine with it. But <clears throat> like you say, man, good edibles is everything, bro. So I'm down to grab some because if you if you bless me with some, my wife will definitely eat them. Yeah. And so will her mom. So will my mother and my mother in law likes edibles too. All right, well, look, well, look, what I'll do is, I don't, I don't want to, yeah, 
Yeah, I I'll give you a mixture of the crumbs and the and the gummy. So look, uh Saturday morning I'm leaving. I'm going to Colon and shit. So just catch me, you know what I'm saying? Like either to later today or tomorrow and shit. Cause I'm gonna leave out to Colon probably like like nine o'clock. And then I'm I'll be back in Bangkok Sunday night. And then uh, that next day I'm back home. I'll be in the city tomorrow, so I got to drive in tomorrow to do some blood work. So okay, I'll be in the city tomorrow to do some. So, so I'll definitely catch you then. I'm a, I'm gonna hit you up and see where you at because I'm in the car, so I could drive and meet you somewhere. Yeah, and, and my hotel where it is is not far from uh, the barbershop because I walked over. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, even easier, bro. That's better. Yeah. So yeah, That's you, what's up. you got Let's a you got an upcoming album uh, coming out. Oh, but hold on, but, but before the oh album, yeah, before the album, how long is your recovery time? Oh, man, I'll be able to start doing shows about two weeks after surgery. So they're doing Damn. an angioplasty. They told, they, yeah, they told me I'll be able to walk out of the hospital like within one or two days from okay. the ICU. So they're gonna after they do the angioplasty, I'll be on my feet, but I doubt I'll be singing and playing keys and moving around on stage. But two to three weeks after, after I get out of surgery, I'll be back on. Matter of fact, I had a bunch of shows scheduled. Shout out to everyone that was supposed to come that had a book that had some books at Abbey road. I had some shows booked in the UK and in the States. I had a cruise ship gig booked and all of that stuff got canceled because of this, because uh, of this heart condition. So, yeah. um, so once I'm, once I'm recovered, all of my dates are being rescheduled all my spring and summer uh, and fall of 2022 jazz festival, music festival, blues festival dates are all still on, you know, provided I get out of the hospital. <laughs> I'm gonna walk out of that bitch on, on Monday morning. So, um, <clears throat> so as long as I'm out of the hospital on Monday morning, I, I, I'm confident, you know, that I will be back on tour again. Probably, I'll probably start kicking it up in February, but I'll be able to perform and do things, start working again, like two to three weeks after the surgery, no doubt. Okay. And they told me I can go to the gym six weeks, six weeks after surgery, I can get back to the gym. So, I'm looking forward to that too, because your boy, I have put on some midsection weight, dude, shit. <laughs> not being able to work out. I dude. mean, I hate it, man. I've gained like 15 pounds of this shit. I hate yeah, it. Yeah, you'll get it off. You'll get it off. Uh, like so, obviously, you feel comfortable and you trust the healthcare out here. I know some people will be like, "Oh, I would never do that in a, in another country, man." Will you explain to the people about the healthcare out here? Because, like. The, like my first week or so, I went to the dentist. I was like, man, let me get my teeth clean and shit. And like, fuck, it was it was nice in there. The lobby, it was clean. The motherfuckers, they was professional and shit. I was like, damn, y'all hooked me up. And it was only like $67 or something like that. Yep. In Southeast Asia, and in particular, let's talk specifically about Thailand. I would say pound for pound, they've got the best health care in the region. Anywhere else you go, it's going to cost you a lot more. I would say second best for the price is Malaysia. And that depends on the surgery you're having. So um, angioplasty, like the, the procedure I'm having done on a Sunday, in the States, this will be out of pocket somewhere between twenty six to $41,000. Out of pocket here in Thailand, I'm paying about seven grand for it. So if that's, and that's, U, that's U.S. So if that's any indication of, you know, like the price differences, and the quality, the caliber, my my doctor, the doctor that's operating on me went to school at the, he went to medical school in California. He okay. went he went there. He went to I think he went to uh I wanna say he went to UCLA medical okay. college or whatever. That's what's um so uh he's uh, yeah, so he trained in the States and so this is a, a very highly recommended place for that. A lot of plastic surgery happens out here that's good, ladies. If you're getting your, your boobs done or whatever, guys, if you're getting 
whatever done with your face or whatever, you want to stop it from sagging, this is the place to do it within your budget. If you can afford to get that $1,200 round trip ticket out here, you know, and you or 1500 or whatever class you flying, and if you can get out here, you're going to save yourself a lot of money. I pay like yeah, you, I pay you like get, I pay like seven hundred forty dollars for my trip round trip. Maybe because what nobody see, coming out here, that. I got to steal. When I seen that price, exactly I'm right. Like, well, we in the hot zone. Yeah, yeah. Next next spring, that price that price gonna go. That's gonna double by next spring for sure. I know, but I know. um, <laughs> but yeah, but if but if y'all if y'all if y'all coming out here for Thailand is a very cost effective place to get medical treatment. You can come in here just for that, and it's a good place to recover. There's a lot of good places you can rent that are cheap. Um, they got Airbnb out here. They got everything. So, uh, you know, um, yeah, I would say Thailand for medical care, cleanliness, hospital, the system, four thumbs up. I mean, five stars, nigga, five oh, mics. Yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> however you want to quanti- quantify it. I- I've been out here for 10 years and my ass is still here. And I am still, other than this issue with my heart, which was a condition that I've, I've had, you know, it's, it's, it's been on the way. My brother died of this eight years ago oh so and he was my age when he yeah and he was my age when he died of it fortunately for me i get regular checkups i slowed down on my my drinking and all that started taking it easy and uh you know they were able to pick it up because i had another issue that helped them to pick it up other than this heart issue guys i'm totally healthy so once once i get this surgery done i literally have no issues i have no other issues i don't have I don't have high blood pressure. I don't have diabetes. I don't have anything else going on. Literally, it's just this. And I've been, the majority of my healthcare has been out here in Thailand just because it's cost effective. And when I work in the state, um, I'm covered there through whoever I'm working for. Usually it's private private agencies that I work for to go play in the casino or to play play a tour or a festival or whatever. So I've, I'm covered on that side for that too. But I, as, a, as a brother that's worked, that's been self-employed for shit now, what, 16, 16 years, 17 years, I have had no issues with getting healthcare overseas, and the best place I've received it has been in the, has been in Thailand, and it's way cheaper than the states. And you know they don't have like they have tiers here, obviously, so you can pay for the absolute best place, best doctors, or you can pay for the place that's middle of the road. But even the middle of the road place or the place that's public is still high quality. So um, yeah, I, I definitely you don't have anything to worry about coming here if you're planning on living here. You'll be okay with healthcare even if you don't have insurance. But I think now, man. Uh, if you're coming here to live, or if you're coming here for longer than like a short-term stay, like you, I think you're required to have insurance now because of COVID. I think that's like a rule now for you. Yeah, if you're yeah. a foreigner, uh, you had to have a minimum of fifty thousand. So I went ahead and got it, and like for my whole trip, it was only like twenty-one dollars. You know, what I'm saying to have uh, fifty thousand dollars worth of insurance for three weeks. So I was like, I'm straight. That's incredible. Yeah, yeah. that's incredible. Yeah, and there's no, and, and in Thailand, there's no way. Nothing. There's nothing you can do. To, I mean, dog, I'm having heart surgery for seven grand. So, <laughs> if that's any indication of how cheap it is out here, you're not gonna get to 50k. You know, so, I mean, no matter what you do to yourself. So, with that, like, <laughs> did you need to pay all that money up front, or can you make a payment plan to the hospital? Well, it depends on where you're getting it done, but they definitely require a hefty deposit. Like, like I had to put down five Gs. You know oh, what I mean? Pretty much so, the whole thing. Uh, yeah, yeah. You got to put down a minute. But it, it depends. Like I said, it depends on the hospital. There's some hospitals that'll let you put down 25%, you know, whatever like that. But they got to guarantee that they can pay their doctor and the medical staff. And that 5G guarantees that. And I think the, the, the extra two, the two grand is that that's like extras. That's like, you know, the, the, the ICU stay, the extended care, the cleanup crew, you know, 
um, all of that stuff. But I think, uh, yeah, even, yeah, that's damn near the whole thing. But if you consider it, like if you don't have insurance in America, you're, you're spending, you know, you're spending like a that's a that's few years of savings. You know what I'm saying? That's your whole mutual fund wiped out. If you've even got that, and you know how this back home, man. Most people are living check to check. You know, yeah. so um, if you get a condition like this without insurance in America, nine times out of ten, it's suggesting people trying to go across the border to Canada so they can get it for a little less, you know, and yeah. get medicine for less, at least so they can prolong the condition until they can get surgery. So, I mean, I, no, I'm really blessed to be here. Now, look, don't get me wrong. I, I would have if I was in the States, I would have had to just go ahead and go through with it. But it, I definitely would have felt that financial hit. You know what I mean? 40 G's is a lot of money, bro. Hell yeah. <laughs> Shit. So, that's a lot of money. I would have I would have had to, I would have had to tour for like another, you know, I would have had to tour every day for about six months to try to make that money back, you know? So, um, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's tough, man. It's tough, yeah. you know, but, um, yeah, I'm happy I'm here. Actually, I, I lucked up because I was actually on my way out of here when they when they diagnosed me, bro. That's the crazy thing. I was like prepping to fly. I was flying into the UK to do my Abbey Road show, and then yeah. you know, and um, I was supposed to fly out of here October second, October first or second, and they diagnosed me on September thirtieth. Oh. <laughs> That's wild, right? Because I could have, bro, I could have literally died on the plane, had a heart attack and died on the yeah. plane because I didn't, I didn't know I was sick. I didn't know I was sick. And then when they told me I was sick, I was like, oh, shit, that's why I've been feeling like this. I thought it was fine. I thought I just needed to, like, you know, have some coffee, go for a jog. And that actually probably would have been the thing that killed me, you know? Damn, yeah. So, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm really happy they discovered it, man. I mean, the, and the doctor was very thorough. You know, he, like, went into detail, analyzed my heart function. Like, I mean, you can Google it. Um, for everyone listening, y'all can Google it, man. Like, if you're going to, if you plan on visiting Southeast Asia, definitely consider taking out some insurance and make sure you're aware of where the hospitals are in Thailand. Because if you have a pre-existing health condition or if you just, just you just want it for safety precaution, Thailand is the place you want to get it done. It's the cheapest, the safest, and they've got the lightest visa restrictions as far as getting into the country, especially if you're from from back home. Man, you know? hell yeah. All right, so tell us, man, about the upcoming album. What's the name of it? And what is it, what, what is it about? Like, you know what I'm saying? R&B? Like, yeah, l- let us know. Oh, because I you, love I love that question. Because you sent me that link, and I haven't had a chance to to listen to it yet, because I've just been ripping and running everywhere. And then my, and then my Wi-Fi, oh, I'm sure, my Wi-Fi man. sucks no, everywhere. Um, yeah, uh, uh, sorry, my wife's talking to me, baby. I'm, <laughs> you it's good? off. It's off. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't need it, baby. I don't need it. I don't need it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry about that. No, um, no, it's anyway, all good. So, uh, <laughs> so, so the album. Yeah, man. I really, 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 really. First of all, let me just say thanks for having me on, man. I really appreciate you. And all good. I man. really want you to go listen to it. That 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 link will that link will be up there for like another week or whatever. But. It, I have a feeling, judging from talking to you, brother, and seeing how your vibe is, I know you're going to love that album. I know you're going to love it. I'm very proud of it. I put a lot of work into it. Two and a half years, man, recording this shit. Two and a half years recording this shit. Is you it, know, is, and is this album is about... Is it something that I could, uh, I can, I, I can get a lady, get a, get a lady wet to, you know what I'm saying? Some shit, is it smooth shit Oh, like absolutely. That? That's what I'm talking about. Okay, okay. Absolutely. Now, now let me tell you, <laughs> let me tell you what it is, man. It's, it's like, so... Okay, so I, I want to take you through like four phases. So there was the me trying to get sober enough to focus on making a new album. Okay. I haven't put out, I haven't recorded all new music in like 
shit. Before this, it had been 10 years before I had really got in. I was like, man, I got to, you know, I got to start getting serious again about recording because that's how I came into the game. bro. I came into the game doing recorded music. You know what I'm saying? Like back in the days, I mean, I, I work, I've worked with a lot of people that are on that are on now that are like four, five, six, ten albums deep in the game that I worked with. Like and I and I had just stopped and just settled for a life of like performing live. You know what I mean? And and uh, performing live is great, but then when it gets this time, you got to show who you are. You don't have any of your own stuff. And I've always had the songs in me. I've had them written. So I went back through my archives in 2020, and I, I decided to release an album of rock music that I had done with my band back in the States. Um, we recorded it in Baltimore at Obscura Sound. And uh, I, these songs have been on the shelf literally since 2009-10, around that time. And I okay. said, you know what? I got to put something new out. So we put the rock album out created a little buzz. We didn't put any promotion behind it. We didn't have any label. We didn't have a distributor. None of that. We just, we just put it out cold, just like that. It did okay, right? Now it's 2021. I have this album that I have been working on since 2019. We have been, I have been like working on it. Like, like literally it was a passion project because I had gigs booked. So I'm making money, right? Performing live, but this was a passion project. This was like, I need to show that I still got it. I need to show that I can do it. I need to show that I can. Because I hear all these young niggas dropping albums now, and I'm like sitting here like, dog, I've I been had this idea in 2000, 2006, nigga. Yeah. <laughs> he ain't shit, you know, like shit. And so, so now I put the album, I, I put these songs together, man. It's like a combination of bass line, beats, all with, with nearly 100% live instrumentation, percussions. Um, it is funky. Fusion, soul, with a little bit of blues, a little bit of jazz. I'm spitting on there. I rap too. So okay. it's, there's a couple of songs on there where I rap. You know, I got the little auto-tune voice on a song called Ellie Torsen in the album. And then the last track is a track called Coke Running. You already know what that's about. So like <laughs> this album is me. This album is me talking about my drug use, my the hoes I fuck, the groupies, the, the life I've lived, the, the, the past relationships. The woman I'm in love with now. This is an album about the experience that any man, any man in the entertainment industry goes through in one way or another, regardless of genre, regardless of whether or not he's a rapper, or actor, a singer, a musician, or all of it. You know what I'm saying? This is this is this is the story of an entertainer who loses his way. Tells us, and I'm telling you the story about how I lost my way and how I found it back through this music, through these bass lines through these vibes, through these harmonies, you know what I'm saying? And I am like pouring, like in a low key way, I'm kind of pouring my, my soul out, man. It's autobiographical, but it's also about the fun shit. It's about how much fun it was to do that line of coke off of the stripper's back. It's about how much fun it was. <laughs> I don't know nothing about that one. I can, hey, that's too much for me. I have my limits in life. I, that's I a little too graphic. That's too much for me. I, I'll watch and I'll cheer, about- I'll cheer you on, but it's too much for me. <laughs> But it's about it's about how it's about the journey. I got a song, man. I think it's track six or seven on the album, and it's called "Sober," and that's a track about getting sober. That's a track about like the struggle to get sober when there's always an after party waiting for you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And and so and now being someone that is you know sober now is kind of like interesting, and not just because it's hard stuff. I was sober like two years before. You know, before this heart thing happened, you know, only thing, only thing for me has always been like edibles. You know, I do a little edibles here and there. You know, relax, chill out. You know, watch a movie like that with my wife. You know, but um, yeah, for me, it's it's like the song is taking it's the the, the album is taking you 
on a journey and there's a lot of stories. There's a track on there, I think it's number eight or nine called She. And then I got little excerpts in there where I'm talking with little background music stories from my life. There's another one called Cards in Brooklyn featuring Uncle Samed. It's not a song, it's just a skit. It's like a little, you know, it's like a little interlude. So it's, it's an album, it's got enough roughness, it's got enough funk, it's got that sexy, you know what I'm saying? It's like, and it's perfect. It's I like it's perfect for what it is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I don't think that I don't think that I'm trying to pretend to be anything that I'm not on the album. That's the thing. I'm not posing. What you see is what you get, man. I, I keep it real, and um, it, it, you know, it, and a lot of times keeping it real can be embarrassing. And so, yeah, there's a part to it that's a little embarrassing if you really pay attention to the lyrics. But it's me keeping it real. But keeping it real with my musicianship. You know, I wrote all the music. I wrote all the horn parts. Charted it out. Sent it to my people. You know, and we tracked it out. I did a lot of the recording out there in Halifax, Nova Scotia, oh, uh, between sweet. there. And I did a, I did a lot of the recording in in, uh, <clears throat> in Jersey. And I did some of the recording in, out in Manhattan. And, and then I did a lot of it back here in Thailand. I got a studio up north. So I was recording up there, up in the northeast in Nongkai. Um, I got a studio at my house. Um, so um, it's it's like a separate building, though. But it's, at, it's on the property where my house is. Um, okay. but, uh, yeah, man. So, so I, I, you know, and I work with musicians like literally all over the world, dog. I got, you know, I got people in Finland, uh, Sweden. Um, you know, I worked with musicians in Mexico, my homeboy, Andy Gondara is on a song called, I wrote a song called Bangkok girl. You'd like that shit. It's called what? Bangkok girl. It's called Bangkok, Bang, Bangkok girl. It's like number five on the album, something like that. Okay. So, um, yeah, 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 man. Get into. It. I think you'll like it, bro. And and we, it gets like the second half of the album. It gets a little more hip hop, a little more gritty. You know what I'm saying? And like that first half is a little more R&B, smooth, a little more. You know. And the thing about it is, is the art type of R&B that I'm doing, it's like funky. It's like throwback. And I fuse and I fuse in a lot of genres. So like you may hear a rock guitar solo over like a funk track. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's it's really. I'm in my own lane, bro. I'm not trying to encroach on anybody else's. And shout out to everybody that's doing doing them on their records and, and, and really making quality music because we need more of that and less of this bullshit that's out now. And that's another reason why I wanted to come back and make a record, you know. And also, I'm a, I'm a big advocate of performing arts and music in primary and secondary schools. You know what I'm saying? So um, I think it's really important that kids get exposed to that shit early on because it makes a really big difference in who they become. I'm a, also a big proponent of science education. I think that those two things, performing arts and science education, will make a huge difference in this cultural divide that we got now, right? Back home, you know what I'm saying? It's more than a cultural divide. You know, we're dealing with a lot of things. We're dealing with racism. We're dealing with people playing political games. But it, it I don't remember it ever being as bad as it is right now. You know what I mean? And so, and so this is one of the things where, at least not in my lifetime, and I'm assuming not in yours, but but, it, it, you know, I haven't seen it like this. And I think a lot of that has to do with the lack of education, the lack of focus on the arts and, you know, and science. And, and that's why I think we're getting lost, you know. So for me, this album was a culmination of kind of all of those thoughts, ideas and concepts and just really keeping it real. But at the end of the day, man, I, I'm a smooth motherfucker and I like to make music. And I just wanted to make a good album that people could fucking vibe to. That's, that's the up. long and short of it right there. Yeah. Where can they find it at? Okay, so uh, there's a there's a fourth single. Um, I put out three singles on this album, um, but there's a fourth single that comes out tomorrow. Matter of fact, uh, 26th. It comes out the 26th of November at midnight. So for us here in Thailand, the single is called Loving My Girl. That's going to be out at midnight. 
For everybody else around the world, it's going to be out at midnight in your time zone. So if you're in Australia, you're probably going to get it a few hours ahead of us. If you're in the States, you're going to get it, uh, <clears throat> you're going to get it midnight, uh, midnight on Thursday, which I guess now technically, well, no, not on the West Coast. On the West Coast, it's still Wednesday night. So yeah. Thursday at midnight, uh, Friday morning, midnight, Thursday midnight, you're going to get the song. And it's called Loving My Girl. So this is the last single that comes out before the album drops. Album drops on December 11th. It's going to be available everywhere. All the digital service providers, Spotify, Amazon, you know, Apple, all of that stuff. It's going to also be available through my website, uh, Um, And if you didn't get that, I'm at Jafar Curry on IG. And um, the album is going to drop on December the 11th. Uh, but it's going to be about a week or two before it's available on vinyl. And the vinyls are going to be available in about uh, 2,000. Are you going to have vinyl? Uh, like vinyl. Yeah, it's going to be available in about 2,000 brick and mortar stores. Uh, shout out to my distributor, man. I got a great distributor. They out of Tampa, Symphonic Distribution, uh, fantastic team. Shout out to my publicist, um, Chloe Mogg over at Liberty Music PR. Um, so we got, yeah, we got a nice team on this album. They have really put a lot of work into getting it out. And I got some features coming up, man. I'm going to be in Complex. I'm going to be in DIY Magazine and, okay. and a couple others. Uh, uh, Billboard. Yeah, I got I got some features coming up. So we really put a lot of work into it. We put a lot of time, a lot of money, a lot of effort into making sure that this launches the right way. Because, you know, it's technically my return. It's the return of Jafar, Nick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's what's up. So, so um, yeah, the album's called The Tuxedo Bartender. So, okay. I like that, The Tuxedo yeah, Bartender. That's what's up. Yeah, man, you got to get on there and listen to it, bro. And look, I know we're probably not going to do this again for a while, but but I want you to get on and listen to it. Send me a little, you know, send me a little critique. Eat. Hey, just be honest. You know, yeah, yeah. if you don't like it, that's fine. But, you know, you, still, you can still send me a little critique. Let me know what you think, you know. Let your fans know what you think of it. And, you know, I'd like to get some feedback. You know, it's dropping it. We still got two weeks before it's out, so before the album's out. But th- there's a single coming out, like I say, tomorrow that y'all can cop, um, and you'll like it. So just hop on Spotify, type in Jafar Curry. It's my new single. It'll be in my new releases at the very top. It's called Loving My Girl. Yeah, I'll be able to check it out, especially like by tomorrow or whatever. So it's just a Wi-Fi be weak as fuck. And then, like, I've been moving around a whole lot, but then, like, yesterday and shit, I kind of, like, chilled a little bit. So, yeah, I'll definitely um, be able to check it out. Okay, man. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, and just let me know what you're thinking, bro. I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna make sure I blast you um, to all my people that yeah, are that are gonna it. be listening to this. Hey, have have we been live this whole time, or is this pre-recorded? No, this this is just audio. So I'll probably re- what's the shit? I'm gonna probably fuck around and release this either tomorrow or Saturday. Cause okay, the, cause okay, the, just the, let the, me know. Yeah, what I'll do is a uh, cause I'll post it on my IG and then I'll tag you too and shit. Okay, and I'm and I'm gonna tag you on IG just today, just to say we did we did the little podcast, you know what I mean? And I'm gonna let them know. And bro, I actually have a blog right now that I'm trying to turn into a podcast, so uh-huh. um, it would it would be ideal if I could get you on there at some point in the future, bro. You I know, like I'm thinking, like maybe a few months few months down the road. Yeah, that would be great. I love this picture of you with this band, brother. Hey, that's my shit, man. I bought that motherfucker. I was hyped, man. Hell yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, man. I like the picture. That's what I mean. That's power, right? There. Thank you. So and that's I, that's working, man. That's so like, man. It's crazy. Ahead, man. Like that. The T-shirt that I'm wearing is uh, I was a brand ambassador mm-hmm. for like that company, and they was like, "Yo, take a picture and send it to us." I was like, "Shit, I'm gonna take a picture from my whip and shit. Let you motherfucking see me." <laughs> I love that shit. Go fucking, ahead, call the cops. I didn't read it. Yeah, Bro, I didn't read it till now. <laughs> <laughs> so. 
So they post the shit and the shit went crazy. Like most people got the joke and was laughing and shit. But then other motherfuckers was like, really? Why would y'all do this in this day and age and shit? And yeah, but like people was like making jokes and I would hop up on there. I'd be like, yo, that's me. Who you talking about and shit? But it was all majority of it was all love. But there was a few little pussy motherfuckers that was hating. So the next day. I go to look for it yeah. and it's gone. I'm like, what the fuck? It was, they took it off IG. They took it off Facebook. They, they took it off everything. I'm like, so I hit them up. I'm like, yo, what the fuck? Why y'all take my ad down? And they, they basically, they was pussy and was like, we was getting too much negativity, so we needed to take it down. And I told them, I'm like, bruh, you motherfuckers made that shirt. You knew what you was doing when you made it. So you need to own up. And you made it. Yes. I, yeah, I was like, this ain't the shirt yeah. that I created. You motherfuckers told me to pick any motherfucking shirt on your website, and that's the one I, I picked. I said, so y'all know what y'all was doing when you made it, and you knew everything. And I was like, look, if y'all can't, uh, if y'all don't have enough balls to stand up for yourself, I don't want to fuck with y'all. I was like, I was like, because I don't need you. I said, y'all came after me. I didn't come to y'all. I was like, and honestly, you got more out of this than I did because they they gave me my own link, and I posted that shit, and a lot of motherfuckers had bought shirts from that website. So I was oh, like, oh yeah, because of that, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, was, I was like, I didn't benefit shit from this, you know what I'm saying? And I was like, I could have, but I was like, never hit me up again. I was like, if this is the way y'all gonna act and shit, I don't want to be associated with no company like that. So. Yeah, man. Uh, so I just want to say, fuck six dollar tees, and don't nobody fuck with them because they pussy. <laughs> fuck y'all. <whores. laughs> Why? You just got buried, you little punk yeah. bitch. They got shit. buried. Bury him in the grave. That's, Hell what, yeah. that's, that's how you do it. Yeah. Y'all, yeah. I was like, cause y'all, y'all came after me. I didn't come to y'all. Y'all hit me up, want to fuck with me, cause y'all knew what I was doing. But yeah, fuck them pussies and shit, man. Before we get out of here, you got anything That's else you up. want to say to the people? Um, I just want to say, take care of yourself. Take care of the people that love you. Have a good mm-hmm. holiday season, and and just remember, man. You know, um, you know, there's a lot of things. I, I've dealt with a lot of hardships, you know, over the last few years, and and now I'm dealing with this shit with my health and everything like that. But I'm still optimistic, and I'm still happy. I heard Tracy Morgan say something really powerful on uh, on the Breakfast Club. He said that, um, you know, what true happiness is, and no one really had the answer. He said, no, I'm going to tell you what it is. He said, true happiness is having something to look forward to, and it's really that simple. And if you have something to look forward to, keep looking forward to that if you're feeling like you don't, because everything will pass, and a lot of times that depends on how you handle it. So if I can leave you all with anything, I want to leave y'all with that. Thank you very much for having me, brother. Uh, Peace and love. Uh And y'all stay up. Y'all go get my album. I need to sell this shit. Hell yeah, (laughs) hell yeah, man. Support black businesses, man, and support the art. And then, as always, if you have a dream, you have a goal, if you have something that you want to achieve, go after that shit. Don't listen to those motherfuckers that'll say, oh, that'll never work because more than likely they was pussy and they didn't even fucking try to attempt or they did and they failed and they was like, fuck it, I'm not doing this no more. You know, I'm sending fresh vibes to all y'all that want to see me do good. I want to uh, I want to send I want to say good health, good wealth. I want to say happiness to all y'all motherfuckers. Everybody out there who be lying on me who be fucking starting rumors and just be hating on me. I just want to say, fuck you, eat a dick, and die slow. <laughs> what? <laughs>
You just got buried, you little punk ass bitch. Yeah, I'm real about my shit. Fuck that. But yeah, this is the Fresh Podcast. You know, this will be the last episode that I record in Thailand. In 2021, because 2022, I'll be back and all of that shit. But Jafar, man, I appreciate you, bro. It's all love. Thank you for for agreeing to do this, man. I wish we could have did it in person, but it worked out over the phone. And man, I'm sending you fresh sure vibes did. with your surgery, and I'll check out. You having it on Monday, right? Uh, Sunday, Sunday. Oh, Sunday. So I should be out. I should be. I should be good to go to talk on Sunday night. You can, you can text me or call me. All yeah. right, cool. So when I get back to to Bangkok and shit, man, I'll hit you to see how you're doing. And I want your album to be a success, man. I want motherfuckers to listen to it, to buy it, and man, to bring you money for your family and shit, man, and and all that good energy to your wife and your baby girl and all that shit, man. And I, I appreciate you, bro. Because the thing is, man, black motherfuckers and shit. They don't show each other enough love. They always want to updo the next motherfucker. I'm like, bro, why the fuck we can't work I'll together and get the right. shit ourselves? You know what I'm saying? And be a team and shit. Motherfuckers always want to be hating on the next motherfucking shit. And I ain't never been about that. And that's Man. why. I, that's why I don't be fucking with a lot of black motherfuckers because they be on that stupid shit. And I'm like, look at everybody else. I agree, man. Everybody and, else. And the they, best example is what just happened. You know, young, young, R.I.P. Young Dolph, man. They yeah. young homies. Yeah, doing his yeah. thing, man. Yeah. That's just crazy, man. You know what's crazy? I was like, every time I come to Thailand, somebody dies. Like, Young Dolph died. And then when I was here, Kobe died and shit. I remember I, w- I woke up. And yeah. Motherfuck- yeah. Motherfuckers was like, hit me on Facebook and shit. And it was like, yo, I know that you're not going to know this, but Kobe's dead. I'm like, what the fuck? It's like, damn. Yeah, it's wild, man. Yeah. It's wild. It's wild. Yeah, bro. It's crazy. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, we, we got to stick together, man. And that's why I try to send love even when brothers ain't, ain't ain't like in that headspace, you know, sometimes they just need a little encouragement. And you know, if you ever meet me, if you ever had anything against me, you a brother, you know what I'm saying? I hear you know what I'm saying? Like, I hey man, I love you. And all you got to do is come talk to me if you got right, any issues, right. if you need help or any guidance with anything, hit me up, man. Because you may not like me, but I like you, and we can get along. And I know that everybody can't be friends, but that don't mean we got to be enemies. Man, exactly, man. Motherfuckers doing that weak shit, man. But yeah, you you was cool as yep. fuck and shit. You, you you told me at the barbershop you was like, yo yo, just chill, cause like at the at the next one they gonna charge you more. And I was and I was like, fuck it, <laughs> I said, fuck it, let me go ahead and do it, cause I because it took it took me like twenty minutes to find this this fucking place. And I was like, I need to get shaped exactly. up and shit. I was like, fuck it. And then we sat down, you know, what I'm saying you was getting braided up, I was getting my little shape up, and we was just clowning and shit, man. So hell yeah. So I'm glad I'm glad all that shit yeah. worked out. Mm-hmm. They sure did, man. I'm glad you came through, bro. You never know who you're gonna meet. That's what I told my wife. I said, you never know who you're gonna meet, man. That's I said right. I met the coolest cat. I said I met. I said <laughs> I met. I said I met my little my little my, my, my little homie out there. I said I didn't even know. I said he just walked in. I said he's a cool <laughs> motherfucker. I said. So it's just like just like well, but we clicked up though for real. And I already know you and me. We gonna be kicking it like on or off uh, the podcast right, in right. the very near future. Yeah, yeah, especially yeah. when I come back, you know what I'm saying? You'll be all all healed up and all good to go. So Oh we yeah. oh yeah, then we gonna we gonna go party after that. Yeah. When you come back, we gonna you going out with me this time. We gonna red carpet sugar, baby. Yeah, and then <laughs> and then, you know what I'm saying, they said like in like January fifteenth or some shit, everything's gonna be open back to like full capacity. So they'll be open later. So I'm like, all right, so in, in like four to six months I'm trying to come back. Yep. 
Yep, yep, yeah, bro. If you and especially if you back in four, man, I'm down, man. We can we can kick it. We get a couple of days. We can kick it. No problem, man. You can even come up to the crib, come to the studio, kick it there for a few days, man. I got I got guest bedrooms and shit, so you know, how, how, anytime, right. bro. How how far is that from the area we was at where the barbershop is? Oh shit, nigga, no, it's a whole different province. Oh shit, <laughs> we talking like. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's like basically. I don't know if you get the reference, but it would be like driving from Tampa, Florida to Atlanta, Georgia. Maybe a little longer than that. Oh, so that's it's about a road nine trip. hours. It's, about, it's a it's a road trip. So you can hop in the whip. We can ride out there, man, and chill. Oh, you know, and along the way, we can make it. We can make a couple stops, and I can show you a couple sites and shit like that. Yeah. You know, so yeah, road I, trip. Like I don't. Let's fuck, do it, dog. I'm telling you, road trip. Like I don't fuck with road trips, but like in America, but I guess maybe in Thailand that might be all right though and shit, but. If there's a plane, I could take the plane out there too. That'll save us some time. <laughs> we can fly. That's no problem, bro. <laughs> yeah, because shit, like the flights were so I'm cheap. Like I, I got a round trip ticket to Phuket for like eighty, ninety some dollars. So I was like, that's what's up. Flight, the flights are cheaper. The flights are cheaper than the road trips. Man. So I mean, yeah, yeah, flying school too, man. Yeah, yeah. A lot of times I'll be driving up and down though, because you know I fly so often and I've been like. I've been like kind of enjoying like driving, seeing the countryside, stopping at little different hotels and bed and breakfast and kind of checking out the site. Cause there's a lot of little places in Thailand I hadn't seen until I started doing these road trips, you know? So it was kind of cool for me, you know? And I like, I like driving cause I don't get to do it very often. Here. So when I do, cause I hate getting into traffic and shit, but taking yeah. the road trip, like out of the city, you don't have to deal with traffic. You just like sightseeing basically stop at the temple, take pictures next to the little gigantic Buddha statues and all that, you know? <laughs> So it just depends, but uh, but we can fly, cool. But there's still some driving though, cause my I'm out in the cut a little bit. So even after you fly out to where I'm at, you still got to drive for like two hours. Oh yeah. shit! Yeah, I'm out in the cut a little bit, but it's nice out there though. Hell it's nice, yeah. and I got a nice little studio. Yeah, so, I'm down yeah. to check it out. Hell yeah, yeah, man, come in. I gotta see what kind of bar. Well, I gotta see what kind of bars you got. See what these Kentucky boys could do in the studio. <laughs> I'm with it. I'm with it. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I'll let you right, go. Man. I'll let you go get back to the family and shit, man. I'm gonna go grab me something to eat and do some more exploring and shit. But hell yeah, man. So I'm a, I'm a fucking I'm a fucking probably edit this shit and everything. But when, when it's out, you know, I'll shoot it to you. But I'm saying we'll be in touch before then. So it's all good. All good, brother. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate you, man. I'll talk to you soon. All right, bro. Take it easy. Okay, man. All Bye. Right, later. So, yeah, you know what I'm saying? I hope y'all enjoy that. And then I want to say, you know, matter of fact, I'm going to release this. I'm going to release this today because it'll be out. It'll be Thanksgiving for y'all. So, you know what? This is y'all Thanksgiving episode from Thailand. You know what I'm saying? And before we leave, I just want to say uh, fuck Thanksgiving. Fuck all those uh, European colonizing motherfuckers that came over here and stole the land from the Native Americans who raped the woman, women killed the men and shit so fuck all y'all motherfuckers and shit man you just got buried you little punk ass bitch you know what i'm saying this old punk ass white man's holiday what the fuck is to be thankful about when they murdered and killed motherfuckers and the native americans try to be nice and give them something to eat and those motherfuckers ate their food and then killed their motherfucking asses so fuck them and fuck that pussy ass holiday and I'm GQ, this is the Fresh Podcast, and I'm out this motherfucker. This podcast has been presented to you by Extraterrestrial Enterprises.